right, welcome to Pickaxe and Roll. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Wednesday night as I am recording this after the Nuggets blow out the Heat. 123-106, first game without Jamal Murray on the roster, kind of in the lineup, and they, they look pretty good. Denver, they, they put together a really good stretch here. Uh, Michael Porter really stepped up. The bench really locked in. There were a lot of good signs tonight for what the Nuggets need to do going forward. And we're going to talk all about it. This episode is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Excited to get into everything, talk about it all. I know I've been uh, I've been pretty aloof in, in, after Jamal went down, uh, sort of on Twitter, kind of in, in posting on Denver Stiffs, posting on here, things like that. It really hit me hard. So what I'm, I'm going to do is I'm going to try to couch that for a little bit. Uh, Jamal's a really important piece of this team, but it's important for me as, as a commentator on this Nuggets team to continue to talk about them in an honest way, continue to provide that good, honest content that you guys are looking for. So we're going to keep doing that. Uh, and we're going to talk about this one because I thought this was a really fun game to watch. Uh, Miami, they were on a second night of a back-to-back. They were at altitude, so they were pretty clearly tired, weren't fully locked into what Denver was doing. But that's not the only reason they lost. The Nuggets played really well. They shot really well. They did a lot of great things. And and I thought the story of tonight's game was the offense. They really didn't miss a beat without Jamal Murray in the lineup tonight. And there were a lot of reasons for that. First being, look, they were going to play at a slow pace. 90.5 pace tonight was really, really slow. But their 136.7 offensive rating, incredibly high. This all starts with Nikola Jokic. He does a great job, of course, facilitating the basketball, making sure it goes to the correct places, and he did a good job of finding guys like Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon, uh, even Monte Morris very early, very often, uh, hit Will Barton for for a couple jump shots, hit P.J. Dozier for a couple jump shots. It was a good sign that Jokic was as locked in as he was. The Nuggets needed that, too. He had... uh, 17 points tonight, 11 assists, 10 rebounds. He did get get those final three rebounds on like one of his final possessions. Uh, had the ball under the rim, grabbed three offensive rebounds consecutively. It almost felt like he was gunning for that triple-double. He, he obviously wasn't, but it was still pretty funny. Uh, he had one steal, two blocks. Outplayed Bam Adebayo. That is a really important piece of this when talking about how to attack the Miami Heat. Jimmy Butler is their most important piece. But Bam Adebayo, he has a contention for that. He could He's at least second. Might be first on some nights. Uh, Bam did have 21 points, but he was 7 of 16 from the field, 7 of 8 from the free throw line, uh, had 6 turnovers. And Jokic did a really nice job, as did the Nuggets, of making it really difficult for Bam Adebayo. I thought the bench also did a really good job in that as well. Uh, Paul Millsap, Jermichael Green, guys like that. Uh, Michael Porter had a really nice defensive game himself. Uh, We'll talk about him in just a bit here, but Jokic is how this team is going to go. And and how he plays on both ends of the floor is really going to set the tone for how the Nuggets approach things. Because without Jamal out there, they need a new heartbeat. They need somebody who is going to drive the bus pretty consistently. And Jokic does a a good job of structurally driving the bus a lot of the time, 
but he needs to care. And he needs to continue putting his passion into it, try to get the team to rally around him a bit. Thought he did a nice job of that. Had one steal, two blocks on the defensive end, only two turnovers. Felt very locked in. Felt like he he was doing everything that he could to put this team in the correct position to win. Let's talk about Michael Porter. He's the other big storyline from tonight. Uh, Was super impactful. Uh, Just a guy who does a great job spacing the floor, does a great job creating. Uh, I thought that he had a really, really nice streak as a jump shooter tonight. And there's only so much that defenses can do when he's that hot. When he is making contested jumpers, when he's hitting step back jumpers, when he's doing basically everything that he can to shoot the ball in difficult locations for the defense to guard, where it's almost impossible for them to really contest. The defense has to extend so far out just to prevent him from taking those shots. There was a really good play that that kind of symbolized this early in this game, where Porter does a, a great job of drawing the attention of his man, gets him in really close after a pump fake or two, dumps the ball down to Nikola Jokic on the block, and then immediately cuts baseline. Jokic gives him the give and go, Porter gets a dunk, because his man was overplaying him so much. Those two are going to find that play pretty consistently. They're going to find that chemistry, do what they can to uh, create the two-man game that, that Jokic and Murray had and continue will continue to have. Uh, Porter is going to step into that role, and I think he's going to find a lot of great shot attempts that, that as he continues to move correctly, Jokic will continue to find him. So I like it. I thought that even when the defense was doing a really great job against him, he still hit those critical shots. He's a guy that's going to break the will of defenses the more, more often than not because of the kinds of shots that he hits. 25 points tonight, 10 of 14 from the field, 3 of 6 from 3. Some of those threes were pretty deep too. Uh, he, he only missed one shot inside the arc tonight, despite the fact that he takes some leaning, contorting mid-range shots and, and had, a, had a fair few of them tonight. If he can hit those with regularity, there's no telling what he could be. Even, even as the second option, kind of stepping in for what the Nuggets are going to do pretty consistently, he's a guy that's going to continue to find those shots, and it would not surprise me at all if he had a major scoring boost. As the season can, as the season kind of wraps up in this last quarter, uh, also played really good defense tonight, especially in those help situations. Three blocks says it all. Did a really he had the opening block on on Bam Adebayo that was pretty cool, and he just does a lot moving on the baseline. It's one of the reasons why I was excited about him playing next to Nikola Jokic. Well, it's one of the reasons why I thought he was a better fit defensively over a guy like Paul Millsap, that despite the fact that Millsap is a very smart defender, Porter can just cover so much ground that when he is able to do it, or he's always able to do it, but when he times it right, when he gets it right, it just looks so impactful. There were a couple of plays that even when Miami made some shots at the rim, Porter was coming out of nowhere to contest some of these shots. And I like seeing that. I like seeing him sell out like that, doing what he can on the defensive end when it's not even, like, it's not fully his responsibility at times. So I'm happy to see that from him. He's going to be an impactful defender going forward. And he might be 
as soon as this this year and these these playoffs. So it's exciting to see. Last one before we hit a break. Aaron Gordon also had a big game. Nine rebounds tonight. Jokic had 10. Porter had 10. Uh, those three combined for 29 rebounds tonight. The entire Miami roster had 30. Denver's front line is very physically dominant. They have the athleticism, or at least on the wings with Porter and Gordon. And Jokic has always been a really good rebounder because he's so smart, because he's got such long arms and just times it up so well. When those guys are all engaged and playing well together, Denver's going to be hard to beat no matter what. So I'm looking forward to seeing how they develop. Gordon had five offensive rebounds tonight, including a tip dunk, 16 points, three assists, just one turnover, hit a three-pointer. He was one of three from three, uh, seven of 11 from the field. His efficiency, that's going to be a major discussion point as the Nuggets lose their perimeter creator with Murray. Uh, Gordon can do some perimeter creation himself. So as long as he kind of balances that out between what he usually does with Jokic and what he could possibly do as a creator, it's going to be interesting to see how Denver handles that and navigates that because Monte Morris, Will Barton, they're going to need help. They were the two star- they were the two starters tonight in the backcourt and Barton really struggled. Monte Morris, he only had two assists tonight. He definitely deferred a lot. So it's going to be interesting to see whether Gordon takes a more playmaking centric role. Uh, that would be a very unique situation for Denver where Jokic, their center, is their primary creator. Maybe Aaron Gordon is their secondary creator? I don't know. We're just going to have to see. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to talk about the bench. But first, the Nuggets, they're one of these basketball teams that's entering the final month of the regular season. And as they gear up in for the playoffs, DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook app, they are putting you in the center of that action with a chance to turn $1.00 into $100 in free bets. Turning $1 into $100 is simple. Pick any basketball team, hopefully it's the Nuggets, to win their next game. And if during that game, the team of your choosing hits a three-pointer, you bring home $100 in free bets. It's that simple. This year, teams have been hitting threes at an unprecedented rate. So get in on all of the action with DraftKings before this offer ends. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free bets if the basketball team of your choosing hits a three. That's code MHS to turn $1 into $100 for a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. Pickaxe and Roll, Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Let's talk about the bench unit because I thought they were integral into what the Nuggets did to the Miami Heat tonight. Uh, Denver didn't start off in the best way. 
Uh, they went down 19 to 13 pretty early. Uh, they lost the the first quarter 31 to 26, if memory serves. They needed a boost in the second quarter, and they got it from their bench unit. I I think the people were kind of surprised that when that bench unit consisted of Faku Campazo, PJ Dozier, Jermichael Green, Paul Millsap. I don't think people expected Denver to survive with that bench unit, but they did. Uh, Bam Adebayo was out there with the, the Miami Heat second unit, and Jimmy Butler joined him very soon. And I thought that Denver did a really nice job of just spacing the floor as well as they could, hitting as many threes as they could, and doing a good job of moving the ball, not trying to do too much with any one player. Uh, Will Barton spent the first stint with that bench unit. Michael Porter spent the second stint in that third, fourth quarter. Both stints were successful. P.J. Dozier in particular, I thought he was a really, really important piece tonight. 28 minutes, 15 points on 6 of 10 from the field, 3 of 5 from 3, 4 assists, 3 steals, 2 rebounds, just one turnover as well. He was a plus 20. He was everywhere. He did a really, really nice job of just fitting in, not trying to stand out. He he has that quote in the post game. He's trying to stand out, or he's trying to. Oh gosh, I totally butchered it. But it, he's he's trying to fit in to what they do. He's not trying to do too much, and that's what Malone really focused on with PJ. Just his versatility, his combination of ball handling, physical traits. I asked him about that, and and Malone really said he wanted to hone in on PJ's ability to kind of get that dribble penetration. He can get to places that other guards on Denver's roster just can't get to. And that's really important because having a guy like PJ, with Jamal, he was a very crafty guard who used his shooting ability to kind of get space into the paint, into the lane, and then create shots from there. PJ can do a lot of those same things, and it's important to have a guy that can do that. Will Barton has done a reasonable job of it, but Guys like Monte Morris, Faku Campazzo, there's only so much that their that their frame is going to allow them to do. We've seen that pretty much firsthand with Faku in these last couple weeks. But PJ does a really good job of getting downhill, and when he does, when he can create those shots by pushing the paint, by getting the ball to the front of the rim and then creating from there, that is a really, really important piece. It's going to be very important. And one of the things about Dozier... His defensive abilities have come such a long way. He was lost earlier in his career. Somebody who's just trying to learn the game, learn the system. He now does a really great job of sitting in those passing lanes, being a physical presence, being a pest. Has that long wingspan, does a really nice job of just creating some havoc. Had the three turnovers tonight. uh, Did a good job defending Jimmy Butler. Things like that. He's going to be very important to what Denver does. And if Denver's offense does take a hit, he has the ability to come into the game and be a defensive presence, somebody that can lift up the defense by just being out there. So that is a really, really important piece. Jermichael Green also, uh, I thought, had a really nice game tonight. A lot of that kind of predicated on on his shot. Excuse me. 17 points on eight shots, six of eight from the field. Four of five from three, he made an and one under the rim. You like to see that from Jermichael because he can go through these stints and through these kind of slumps where he doesn't hit those shots 
and it sort of uh, gums up the entire work of the offense. The bench did a really nice job of moving the ball well tonight, and Green was the beneficiary there. He's the guy that, that in those corners, a lot of the time, is the recipient of the extra pass, of the opportunity that teammates are creating for him by moving the ball ahead of the defensive rotations. Green did a really nice job of finishing those plays. He also does a good job of serving as a pick-and-pop option. That's something that I, I don't like that as the primary action of what Denver does. But if it's a secondary action, if it's something that they just kind of run in transition every now and then, Green is a good enough shooter that he can make that work. And he did it tonight. The Paul Millsap and Jermichael Green pairing, I've talked about that a lot. It can work. It just needs the requisite spacing. And Denver had that tonight. When, when all of their guys were shooting well, when they had guys that could get to the rim and not have to worry about the consequences all the time, that's a really, really important piece. And PJ was a big part of that. Uh, Jermichael Green was a big part of that, of course. He went 4 of 5. Dozier went 3 of 5. Faku went 2 of 4. Millsap went 0 of 2, but he was the only rotation player tonight to not hit a 3. Denver shot 47% from 3 as a team. They hit 17 of them. That is going to help. That's going to help space out the defense, and it forces them to scramble. It forces them to do everything and try to try to work their way out to the three-point line as much as possible. Denver's problem when Millsap and Green are out there most of the time is that teams have one foot in the paint. And, and all of those defenders, when they're watching the ball handler, when they're watching the action, they don't overreact to anything and just stay home. Denver's able to scramble teams when they have the ball moving, when they have their shooters shooting well. And that, that's a really important piece, I think, of this bench offense. And we saw Will Barton out there. He hit a couple threes. Uh, it wasn't perfect, but he did. And then we saw Michael Porter out there. He hit a three. He's a guy who's going to be very important, I think, for that bench unit. Uh, somebody who can kind of tie everything together, I think. Faku, PJ, and Paul, they all deserve respect and credit for sort of setting the table really well. You like to see 12 assists, only two combined turnovers. The ball was moving drastically different tonight. It sort of felt like Denver was passing ahead of the rotations, where they, they wanted to create those extra shots for their teammates. Nobody really looked like they were doing too much. It always sort of felt like the ball was just moving to the open man. And maybe that was a byproduct of Miami going zone and Denver just doing a good job of passing ahead of that zone and creating some open shots. And they hit them. It's a good sign. I think that Denver is going to be a big beneficiary of as as they continue to hit the... Those, those shots are just so valuable for Denver because they don't have guys, especially when JaVale McGee isn't out there, they don't have guys that put a ton of pressure on the rim. Uh, Dozier is one of them, but he doesn't get all the way to the rim all the time. And it means that he has to hit mid-range shots pretty well. When he's not, that's a problem. JaVale McGee, like when he's out there, it just it puts so much pressure on the rim. And I think that Denver's going to continue to mix and match there. But we're going to see. We're going to see how they handle it. Uh, in the third segment, I'm going to talk about the Austin Rivers impending signing, what we think is going to go down there. Uh it just seems like this team, they needed a really big bounce back 
after a, a very, very tough Sunday and, of course, a, a horrendous Monday night. Uh, this team needed that energy. They needed that ability to just lock in and hit some shots, see, the, see those shots go through the net. Uh, the starters played well. The bench played well. Bull Bull got into the game and did some stuff. That's always fun. Uh, you love to see that. And it's a pretty emotional time for everybody in Denver. Especially, not not especially me, but like, I feel it for sure. That there is definitely a, a weight sort of hanging down over all of this. That Denver, has, they're just in such a tough position now. Late in the season, trying to figure out on the fly what their identity is going to be. I think there is something to Jokic is kind of the, the straw that stirs the drink now. And Michael Porter is now the tip of the spear. Denver can work with that. They are going to win some games. And I don't think they're going to lose any ground in the West. And if they do, it'll be like a seed or two. They're not going to drop out of the playoffs. They're not going to drop into the seventh seed, uh, into that play-in tournament. I really do think that this team, they don't have a super tough schedule remaining. As long as they take care of business, as long as they play the right way, they're going to do great things. And it may not be great things in the playoffs. We may see a different sort of side of things when teams are going to game plan for them. Or they may surprise everybody and they may do some incredible things that way. Michael Porter still has a long way to go. Nikola Jokic is still the MVP of the league. Those guys can do some incredible things. And trading for Aaron Gordon, I think it, it really maximized one of their advantages is that they have one of the most dynamic front courts in the NBA. Nikola Jokic, Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon. Their backcourt did, of course, take a hit. It took a major hit. But that doesn't mean that they aren't going to kind of assert those advantages over other teams. I keep trying to think about how Utah is going to guard Denver. What they're going to do when Jokic is still spacing Rudy Gobert out to the three-point line, and then Michael Porter and Aaron Gordon are ducking in for for twos under the rim, when Porter's just shooting over everybody. Phoenix is the same way. Uh, The Clippers might be tough. Lakers might be tough. But I still feel pretty good about this team in terms of their their competition level. Jamal was always the guy that could take them over the top. But this team is still going to be fun. They're still going to be competitive. And I am looking forward to covering that. I'm looking forward to seeing how they react and whether guys can step up. That's always the the joy and the pain when it comes to an injury like this is that you are going to be in a, in a situation where players can step up. It's very possible that Michael Porter just averages 25 points per game from here on out. Just becomes a star. We'll see if it actually happens. We'll see if that's that's what actually manifests. And it might take more time than that. Denver has now 17 games before the end of the regular season. But we're going to find out. We're going to find out quickly. That's the joy of the NBA. The life continues to go on. And we're going to see. We're going to see how this goes. Let's take our final break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Austin Rivers and how that impacts things. We'll be right back.
All right, final segment, pickaxe and roll. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, always appreciate the five-star reviews when, when they do flood in, so thank you for those. I was recently told by Nate Lundy, who, who runs the Mile High Sports Network over here, that, that I'm very popular in Belgium and uh, Romania, I believe is what he said. So thank you. Thank you to everybody in those countries who's tuning in. Obviously, thank you to my Australians, my Serbians, my Argentines, uh, everybody from those countries that, that always tunes in as well. You guys are great. Uh, it's always fun to interact with the international fans as long as they're not calling me names. So thank you to that. Uh, let's talk Austin Rivers. Uh, it was reported earlier today by Sham Sharania, later confirmed by Mike Singer, that the Nuggets they have been heavily uh, interested in Austin Rivers. Uh, Singer basically reported that he's probably going to sign a 10-day contract with Denver. That will eventually kind of come into focus here over the next couple days, I assume. I would assume probably tomorrow. I'm surprised that nothing more solid came out. But Austin Rivers, he was traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder from the New York Knicks uh, on March 25th, was cut by the Thunder on March 28th. Uh, basically told, hey, you can go find a contender. And it was initially thought that he was going to sign with the Milwaukee Bucks. And that would have been a good fit. They definitely need the guard help. Uh, they, uh, they have uh, Chris Middleton, Giannis. They have P.J. Tucker now, Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis in the front court. I'm not sure beyond Drew Holiday whether you're super excited about what they have in the backcourt. Dante DiVincenzo, Pat Conton, guys like that. Denver now, they're in an even more dire spot. They don't have their Drew Holiday or, or their Chris Middleton in this case uh, because Jamal Murray just went down. And so you're, you're planning on starting Monte Morris, Will Barton, who was already kind of half sixth man, half starter. He really was a bench player at the beginning of the year. That hasn't really manifested. He's become the starter due to injury and then due to trade. You have Faku Campazo, who has his weaknesses. You have P.J. Dozier, who has his weaknesses. Austin Rivers, not a perfect player. Maybe not even a, a great or good player at this at this stage of his career. But he is good. I, I, do, I do actually believe that. And I want to sort of point out that as Nuggets fans, as, we, as what we've seen from Aaron Gordon kind of changing scenery, from the Orlando Magic. He's become a different player here in Denver. Austin Rivers changing scenery away from the New York Knicks, who run like a an elementary offense that has zero spacing at all. I think that Austin Rivers could look like a different player in a Nuggets uniform as well. Austin Rivers will be helpful. He'll probably start as, uh, and be the 10th man in Denver's rotation at the outset. Somebody like I, I, I think I'd probably equate it to what Denver's doing with their big man rotation right now. Right now they have Jermichael Green, Paul Millsap, JaVale McGee. There's a pecking order there. I think Jermichael Green plays the most. Paul Millsap plays second most. JaVale McGee plays third most. Sometimes doesn't play at all. With Denver's backup guards, you've got Faku, you've got PJ, and now you have Austin Rivers. I think you could kind of sell yourself on any of those three guys playing in different combinations need a little need to go a little bit bigger you can go with PJ at the one Austin Rivers at the two Austin Rivers is about 63 shoots 36% from three is a scoring guard somebody who's going to give veteran experience leadership things like that 
good player. Um, not not great, and, and there's a reason why New York was willing to trade him for, for not a lot, but I think that it's going to be important for Denver to kind of fill in the gaps where they can. And this was one gap that definitely showed up. We saw what happened when Denver tonight shot really well from three. They don't always have that. They had stretches in the game against the Golden State Warriors where they scored, I think, three points in the first five minutes, one point in the first six minutes of the second and fourth quarters, respectively. That might have been Boston. I could be mistaken there. I think it was actually Boston. But it's not great to have dry spells like that. And sometimes you need some instant offense. That's what Austin Rivers is. He's a professional scorer, knows how to shoot off the dribble, knows how to get to the rim, knows how to pull up from three. That's very important. Has had games of 23 points and 25 points against the Utah Jazz. Nuggets fans should be pretty happy with that. But as we said, a change of scenery, I think, makes a big difference. Rivers, he'll give Denver more optionality down the stretch. And potentially into the playoffs if he sticks around. That's going to really help them. He may not play immediately, probably not like every game, given that Denver is already committed to Faku and PJ and guys like that. Might be kind of the JaVale of the guard rotation where he doesn't always play, but if somebody needs a break, if they need a specific matchup, then Austin Rivers slides in. Or you could go full bench and you could go with like Faku, Austin Rivers, PJ Dozier, and then two of the bigs, Green and Millsap, Green and McGee, Millsap and McGee, whatever. But what I really like about this is sort of the lineup versatility that Denver can now go with with their bench. Because you have six different players that are coming off the bench. Faku, Austin Rivers, P.J. Dozier, Jamichael Green, Paul Millsap, JaVale McGee. They give Denver a lot of different looks. And then if you throw a guy like Michael Porter in there, He's the one I would circle and say, okay, you throw him in there, play him at the three, play two bigs next to him, can either play Faku as a spacer or as as a facilitator. You could play Rivers as a spacer. You could play Dozier as the versatile defender. Or you could play all three of those guards, put Michael Porter at the four, and then play one of those bigs and go small. It could be JaVale McGee, and you could still have a pick-and-roll offense. It could be Jamichael Green, and you could play five out. Paul Millsap, and you feel pretty good defensively. There's a lot of ways for Denver to survive minutes when Jokic is off the floor. In whatever combination you go with, unclear how they would handle it, of course, but I think that's the most important thing is that gives Denver optionality, gives them an opportunity to try different things in the regular season, and then when the playoffs come, let's say, let's say Faku Campazzo does what Monte Morris did in his first year in Denver's rookie season, or in Denver's uh, 2018-19 playoffs. Monte Morris went 0 of 13 from 3. They didn't have any other options at that point, so they stuck with Monte Morris. They did what they could. By the end of it, he barely played any at all. If that happened to, like, Faku Campaza, for example, you can put in Austin Rivers and feel pretty good because he's had experience playing with teams like the Los Angeles Clippers for several years with the Chris Paul, Blake Griffin days. You could have like him, given, given that he's played with Houston, he knows how to just stay in the corner and space the floor and do those things. You put him next to Jokic, gives them an, at least another option. 
that they can throw out there at, a, at various points. And I'm interested in seeing how Michael Malone handles it. I think he's going to want to go with more defense, but the good thing about Austin Rivers is I think he's turned himself into a decent guard defender. It's not perfect all the time. It doesn't always look great. Uh, he has a reputation for not being as good of a defensive guard. But I think when when he turns up and when he tries to just be more intense about it, he can contribute to a good team defense. And that's what Denver needs. They need guys that can score that can contribute to a good team defense. That's how you make the playoffs. That's how you win in the playoffs, my opinion. We'll see how they handle it. It's a good thing that they went out looking. They had the open roster spot. Filling it with Austin Rivers, that's about as good as they can do. They added Shaquille Harrison uh, to a two-way contract. He's been in the health and safety protocols. We'll see if that sort of changes things, whether Denver can get him on the court as well, offer a little bit more defensive resistance in the backcourt. But I'm interested. I'm curious. I want to see how Denver handles this, how Michael Malone handles this. Uh, Austin Rivers is a good player. We'll see whether he plays them in the correct ways. We'll see whether Austin Rivers kind of capitalizes on this opportunity. That's going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I will be back tomorrow with a special guest. Going to talk about the Nuggets, where they stand, uh, what we think about the playoffs, things like that. Should be a lot of fun, so... Thank you so much for tuning into this episode, and I'll talk to you guys very soon.